This is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Welcome to another edition of Real Kipper and Born. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Tech, Derek Brandeo, Jen Rolnick, Sammy McKee with you for the next two hours. Wherever you're watching and listening, Sportsnet 590, The Fan, YouTube, Sportsnet Now, iTunes, Spotify. Everywhere. I got it covered. You You've got it all covered. We're all set. All right, we're all set. Could we have deemed last night far and away their biggest test of the season, the Toronto Maple Leafs? And if so, how how difficult was that to watch? Did yeah. they did they lay a big of an egg as our boy Sammy thinks they may have last night? Didn't like any Sammy. Um, <laughs> no, I would say that that was the first real team they played against. Oh, they played the Dallas Stars who were 3-0. Washington yeah, Capitals. But weren't, Stars weren't there on the second half of back-to-back. Backup uh, goalie in net. I think that I think at the end of the year, if you're looking at the records, the Golden Knights will be much better than the Dallas Stars. I agree, yep. The, they, that was the best team they've played so far. I would agree for sure. By far. And I would say they failed the test. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting because this is the first time we've come in the day after the Leafs lose and it's not to a joke of a team, right? Like they lost to Arizona and Montreal prior. This is their first time they came up against a good opponent and fell short, so significantly short. Are we at the point after seven games that this just isn't a slow start, but there are things that have crept in that are concerning if they don't get cleaned up, then I'm not going to say the rest of the season, but the the, the near future, um, there's going to be some challenges here. And this may this season, based on what we've seen in seven games, might dictate how their season goes from here on end, or is it just no. still too early? Well, it. it, it is this still a team that you believe that could win the regular season uh, in points? Because I'm, yeah, I I see I've had enough concern in the seven games where I am like they may be challenged in certain areas of this game. You know as well as anyone that in a two-hour radio program we often start at one spot and we nibble around the edges and work <laughs> our way in and get to the two hours. But the bulk of this is until that first line scores some GD goals, we have no idea what this team is. The, the Toronto Maple but, Leafs are 29th in the NHL in even strength goals scored. One from Marner, one from Matthews, seven games. So, yeah, so that's not what this team is. Those guys so aren't bad players if, who aren't going to score. If they start, if they just start lighting it up like we've been accustomed right. to seeing, uh, a lot of other issues will go away for you? Yes, it will. See, that's where we uh, disagree. Okay, well, this yeah. is good. This I, is good. To me. <laughs> I am starting to have the worries of mediocrity floating into my mind when I watch the Leafs play. I know that they have two... They, I mean, they're mediocre or better without the best line, one of the best few lines in hockey being good. For sure. But I just, I look at the bottom six. Well... And I look at the decor, and I it does keep me up at night. Yeah, and you got to do it to other teams, too. That's where... Matthews and Marner will score 
They will score. They'll get it going. Yeah. But they can't necessarily fix what they see when they're on the bench. And I'm with Sam when I say that for me, there's now a legitimate concern on bottom six. Mm-hmm. And where do they go? And who's going to su- support when Matthews and Marner and Nylander yeah. and Tavares aren't on the ice? But I can't watch that game last night for a second and think, well, the bottom six is the issue here. I can't. Like, their no, job is not no. to, you know. Okay. So, okay. I don't want to steer too far okay, off okay, of the okay, bottom okay, six. Okay. And we will revisit right. the bottom six. Yes. So, watching a game last night like that, mm-hmm. and my thinking is, when I'm watching it in the, in, in the third period, is they still have a way to salvage maybe a point or steal a second one because of one player, mm-hmm. and that was your goaltender. It's great. In, an, in a game otherwise, you'd probably be down 6-1. They got pumped last night. That's if, an Ilya Samsonov game. They got filled in all over the rink. If Shulgin was in net, that legitimately could have been 8 or 9-1, I feel like. Samsonov is second in the NHL in save percentage among goalies who played five games. He was by like far. a 932 or something. He was by far their best player last night. Like, no conversation. Really, not really even, good. Not even close to a conversation about anybody being in the same stratosphere as him on the ice. He was no. by far their best player. So, if I ask you guys flat out, why? Why last night? Why could the could the Leafs have easily have lost 6 or 7-1 last night? Mm-hmm. What, what is your answer? Why? The D were putrid. I thought they were just atrocious in all facets of the game. Um, their stubborn refusal to dump a hockey puck in, their inability to be prepared for the start of a period. It's unbelievable watching that team not be able to start a period. The start of the third period, down, were they down 2-1? Maybe the single worst no, shift. They were, they were tied. They're tied. They were tied 1-1 Maybe going the, the worst third. shift I can remember the Leafs playing since I've been in media. I don't know what's that, 12 years? Oh, oh! What a joke! Joke of a shift. Oh, I saw some pretty bad shifts. There was like three <laughs> Vegas Golden Knights standing in front of the net, waiting for a turnover they knew would come, while everyone was leaving the zone at one point. Four scoring chances. I've been around this game a little longer than you yeah. on both playing and broadcasting. Yes, sir. I cannot recall playing or watching where I've seen a team on three consecutive starts to a period. Flat is that. Great A's, like within 30 seconds. So just wrap your head around this, okay? They've got this bad start Mm -hmm. to the opening of the game. And you get a, a gift from the hockey gods where Phil Kessel, the whole world's around Phil Kessel, goal number 400. Uh, consecutive uh, record, buildings going nuts, and good on the coaching staff. I right? can't. But first off, that sucked. Right? That was an awful. Like as a fan watching that, that was even though it worked out for the Leafs. I have a proposal. I, I have a thought here. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let her rip. Can we install a rule that it has to happen within? 
five to ten seconds of the goal. But here's the problem. No, you can't. Because the spirit, like, that's a joke. It had zero impact on the game. Everybody's ten second is different. And the more veteran coach you have, the longer ten seconds is for him. (laughs) No, 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 no. I meant meant for the The goal going in the net. So the entry happens, and then 30 seconds goes by, and there's a, comp- a bunch of different other I plays see. that a happen. Game clock. A like game once clock. Once you pass 30 no. seconds, it's, it's in the zone. No, it's, it's ridiculous. Because to me. ridiculous that yeah. they went back. No, an yeah. offside is an offside. You're right. Oh, the whole oh. idea is to play on. Like, have, here's what have I the correct, Have the correct call. Here's my problem, no. which I thought you were going to, is how long do you get to him to and decide ha, to challenge, and then call a timeout like? They got a timeout, and I mean, then they were added a timeout, yeah. and it's like now they really got two timeouts. I think their video review that the refs see should be real time. You get two or three views at real speed, and if you can't tell enough to overturn the call, just let's go. Anyway, unbelievable challenge by Jordan Bean, I believe it would have been, for the Maple Leafs. They get a goal back, and then they punt it away. And they then give they, it right back. They, they give it right back. Honestly, and they had taken all that time off the, the clock. And I think it was pretty close to the exact same time on the clock that the Kessel one went in anyway. Like the space time continued. I believe you, you, was you probably pretty close. Us, puck, don't lie. Yes, I agree. That's a goal. So just imagine now you're after 20 minutes. And come on, we've been around the game long enough. Yeah. You can sit there uh, while the Zamboni's doing the laps to clean the ice. And you can say a lot of things in that 15, 17 minutes in the dressing room. But you know damn well that the last thing being said, either from the coach or some of your veterans, is we can't have a start like that again, boys. Terrible start. Okay. Took us 10 minutes to that's find it. That's the last thing that's said. Yeah. And you are now getting ready to go out, and you've got your game face, and that's all you need to know is that I can't start the same way I did in the first period. And what do you do? You start the same way. I know. Yeah, you know, like, the way the Leafs operate is not a dump-out team, is not a hard team. They're a skilled possession team, and so they take some chances, and, you know, they're looking for one to bounce their way and to get going the other way. They want to go score the goal in the first 30 seconds, and I, I guess that's their focus is getting one going the other way, and then it turns around on them and... So then the second period ends. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And someone's in that dressing room going, boys, when we start the third, we can't have a start like we did in the first and in the second. I'm embarrassed not knowing this. And what do you do? They went with a different line for the third period. And what what do you do? You're giving up two on ones in the first 30 seconds and you're causing your goalie to have nightmares. After last night's game, three consecutive periods against what's deemed a top team. Yeah. And you can't come out ready to play That's the least in each mostly. period. Yeah. I, I, I've never really seen that before. Three in a row where you just mail in your first few shifts. Shots were 11 to nothing for Vegas at five on five with Morgan Riley on the ice last night. Not good. Not good when he's like the guy, right? The leader on the back end. I know they got Gio and Brody, but like Riley's the guy. He's paid the longest, I'm just, the most. I'm not saying this just because the game was at 10 o'clock last night, but it's a tiring team to cheer for. 
Well. It's it's tiring to go to go into it. Well, it's because we do this. It's tiring. No, no it's not even. It's no. just you going into a game. It's tiring for you because you wear it completely. I just every night, and you never, ever know what it's going to be. It could be they're trying hard, they're flying around, they're hitting people, or they can come out and start three periods yeah. like a beer league. And game. it's really tough for the people that pick them to win the Stanley Cup too, right? Whatever. <laughs> Whatever he says. Whatever. He's not even listening to you. <laughs> I don't even care. It's just, just trying to calm your emotions I'm down fine. a little bit. Honestly, I'm fine. It just, it just tires okay. me out. So before we break down what we think the issues are, I think that's the, the one that sits on the top of the Sunday. That's Starts. the cherry for me. Is Doesn't it feel like can, a fixable one, though, Kipper? Can, so I'm not as you, worried you, about that you one? You can pick. See, I'm not sure how easily fixable it is and what are the like issues the, like if the game is bigger if it's a playoff game if, is it easier to get guys attention if i'm now brendan shanahan or you know what we witnessed it with jim rutherford president of vancouver saturday night you can watch what you watch but your first question when you go down into that coach's office is why aren't they ready to start? Mm-hmm. And if I'm Sheldon, I don't know what the answer is. I really don't. Do you want to hear him talk about it? Um, Absolutely. I'm, I'm... But I think we know for sure that somewhere between warm-up and the end of the game, Sheldon maybe said on a few occasions, boys, we, we got to start better. Yeah, yeah, of course. And it didn't happen. And that's my first question, Yeah, is why? What do you think it is? Personnel? They don't listen to the coach? Is that not a legitimate question to ask? Yes. And do you... Are they uh, getting tired of him? Are they... They don't believe in him? They don't believe in the, the, the things that he's preaching? Or can you lead a horse to water... You can't make them drink. You lead the players with the right instructions and the right whatever, and they just, ah, we'll figure it out. We always figure it out. You know, Sammy's playing well. We'll hang around. We'll get our, we'll probably score. That after you watch, I I thought in many ways last night kind of looked and felt like Montreal, where you're watching it going, what's going on here, boys? It's a pretty clear to me way to play the Leafs defensively though Kipper which is like Montreal which is pack it in pack it in you you stand up at the blue line because you know the Leafs like possession they don't want to dump it right so you stay up once they finally get in the zone if they can get through you because they're not going to dump it you can pack it in a little bit and they don't want to fight through to the inside they'll keep it around the outside after two periods I sent you guys that stat the Leafs had had the puck ozone possession time for five and a half minutes to Vegas's two and a half minutes but Vegas had double the amount of slot shots because Toronto wasn't turned that time into grade eight slot chances right now. They're not getting looks. It's hard, it's hard to get to the middle of the ice. They're it's big, hard. They're it's a work. big, strong team Great too. Great defense, yeah, hundred percent. That to me is an identifying an issue with this team. Do you remember at the end of Babcock's tenure, one of the biggest things Babcock we always even joked about it was start, start on time. Start on, on time. Time. Yeah, all every press conference at the we didn't start on time. You got to start on time. Mark, he talked about the anthem center. Oh, Martinez started on time, and we didn't. Like he was always <laughs> talking about. <laughs> yeah. He did. He always talked about starting on time, and it was a huge narrative 
close to the end of his tenure that they never started on time, that they always had these bad starts and what's happening again. All right. Do we have uh, Sheldon on the sluggish start? We do. It certainly was an issue tonight in all three periods, so uh, I, I share in that as well. My job is to prepare the team, and clearly we were not uh, as ready as the opponent was. They, they jumped on top of us at the start of each each period. Took us took us probably 10, 12 minutes in the first and second to really get our game going. I thought the back half of each of those periods we were fine, and then uh, in the third period we didn't find it at all. Probably a symptom of them, you know, just scoring and getting the lead and. And uh, us, you know, not having uh, not having enough push push back to get through what we needed to to get some goals. No, well, there you go. Far cry from pointing the finger at anybody, like right. elite players. And one of the first things he said that should be acknowledged is, "I share in that." That is the responsibility of the head coach to get yeah. his team. Ready. And it falls on him. End of, of story. No, not the end of story. Because there's a captain in there and there's players yeah. and there's veterans and there's yeah. leaders and there's for, guys. For sure. Yeah. Who at some point got to go, fellas, I don't care if you don't want to do it for yeah. what's his name out there. You know, in here, we got to win some hockey. But you know better. You know it doesn't work that way. It doesn't. I do know that. <laughs> you know <laughs> that you're not getting rid of your players. <laughs> right. I know, but those are that's why those guys are the ones who have to find it within them for within that room anyway, for me. But part of that falls on the D giving up chances, making bad plays, and all of a sudden you're you're backpedaling. Was it Riley at the start of the second who all of a sudden you're chasing the play because he makes a bad decision? I just thought, hold on, why don't we do Keith got beat we got Keith on all facets. There's a short clip, Keith's overall summary, and then we'll get deeper into his clips. Let her rip. just got beat by a team that was better than us tonight in all facets that's it all facets everywhere every which way on that team um there really wasn't one one direct area that the Leafs were better than I didn't think last night better than Vegas did you in net probably in net but like just so many problems throughout the team but for me Matthews and Marner not scoring is right now the the glaring one do we have one of them talking about that? Sammy? We do have Austin Matthews All right. waxing poetic about that. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, yeah, I know it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, I don't want to, it's frustrating for sure, but I think, you know, we're getting the chances and, um, you know, I just need one to go in. I think that's the biggest thing is, you know, you get one to go in and, you know, you just kind of relax a little bit. And, um, you know, I think over the last two, three games, we've definitely, uh, you know, offensively been more in a rhythm and had a lot of really good looks and a lot of chances. So, um, you know, I think that's all you can ask for. And, you know, obviously uh, we want to make good on those every time we're out there. But, um, you know, right now it's uh, it's not going in. But, um, you know, you just want to keep playing, keep working hard and, and keep generating those chances because eventually they will. Much different feel from maybe his first three or four games and saying you didn't get that I'm exasperated feel that there you did a little bit mm-hmm. not I don't think like he's feeling it now now you get the sense that he's feeling it wow that one on the goal line like just shoot it in the net man you snake that excuse me Sam McKee's giving Austin Shooter, Matthews that's a wide open net. goal scoring advice. It's a wide open net. You're it. standing in the blue paint. I can't do this show anymore. 
I, I can't I can't do this show anymore. <laughs> Sammy's advice should be to open up his blade like a wedge, and he should have just flumped just, it over the the or glove. the whole top of the net. You're Austin Matthews. Yeah, he's fighting it. It was interesting too. So I'd complained on this show several times about Matthews and his spot on the power play. They they're getting him different looks at the top now. He, he had a bunch of one timers from the top. I, I don't know if uh, he missed the net a lot too. Yeah, it does feel like they are aware of Austin Matthews. Just Shocker has. There's no rhythm right now to those guys. Yeah. No rhythm, and and again, his shots are not coming from the dangerous parts of the rink, which, you know, he's usually pretty good at finding those spots, which leads me to the question, leave them together? Is it time for a shuffle? Well, the one thing that, again, stood out for me with those two guys is that you asked Mitch Marner to play 27 minutes last night. He's... It's like game six. You played 27 minutes last night? Or game seven. Almost 27. Gross. It's like, no, that's no good. Where's your depth that you spoke of? This isn't supposed to happen. What's going to be left to him if you're chasing it like this for the first month? He has no business playing 27 minutes. No, he doesn't. How did that even happen? It wasn't like a heavy special teams game or something like that. That's peculiar. And it, like, do you know the wear and tear, like a penalty kill, the stops and the starts, and he's still one of the most dangerous guys on the ice? Mm -hmm. I know. Why don't we have a a clip from Sheldon on how Matthews and Marner are dealing with their slow starts? Why don't we have Sheldon weigh in too? I think they're dealing with it fine. Um, they just got to continue to work, and I mean, Maddie's not going to come as close to scoring without actually scoring uh, than he did tonight. But uh, it's right there, and he's just got to continue to stay with it. What's left? What's left to say yeah, publicly? I, publicly, what's okay, left to say? Okay, thank you very much. I'm I'm a little frustrated with the the whole. You know, just stay with the thing, whatever, because it's not the same. Like, Marner's been dangerous, but he has 13 shots in seven games. That's not, you know, him. And Matthew's only having one goal and, and really not a ton of dangerous shots. I guess what I'm saying here is Sammy wants to see a different look on that line with those guys, if I'm not mistaken, and I think it's time to just mix it up here. Give him some different line mates. Yeah, I think it may be time. I don't know who you'd rather put there, but I don't want to put it all on bunting because I don't think he's necessarily been bad, but I don't think he's really been great. I don't know if I'm alone in that. Like, I don't really know what he's contributing right now. Is it maybe time to put someone up there that's going to wake him up a little bit? I, I don't know how many options there are, but do you go nuclear and try to put... Like, yes. I, I yes. think so. You'd like to break him up too. I'd like to see Marner back with Tavares and give Willie, who's playing well for Austin, who's not. And, you know, Tavares is playing well along with Mitch if the two of them can find something. No, wrong way. What's that? Well, first of all, I really like Willie's. Uh, Willie is one of those guys where you you can see when he's trying and when, when he's, he's not going, trying. He's gone, right? <laughs> Austin nailed it. He did. When he's going, he's going. Everybody knows Gets it. That arm in, leg out, cut in. And uh, there's a real sense and purpose in his game, and it's it's okay right now. It's good. Looks good. I'm dropping Willie down give him a line give him a third line so you do it. third line willie needs to go grab six bottom six and pull them up 
Love that. And Willie's the guy to do it. Yeah. And, you know, here's the problem. And he has done this in the past. Willie has dropped down. I think it was earlier last year as well. You don't have uh, Mikheyev now to go up with Tavares. Mm-hmm. Well, can, can Yarncroc be that? I, he may have to. Yeah. I'm not seeing a ton out of him. Uh, it's certainly, it may have to be Engvall. Can you imagine Eng, Engvall who's goose-egged in six games and then you, did you, did it go, you sent something out on a four check. I literally put a nine second clip of him not throwing a body check. And people were like, I know. That went viral. <laughs> yeah, people like all too relatable apparently yet, in that frustration. You may have to go to Engball and say. You're the guy. Uh, you've been horrible, but I need you to go up and play with Tavares. That's. I guess I want. That's a bit of an issue, but I need, my focus would be putting something together where where Willie can can pull up uh, a few guys on that bottom six. Mm-hmm. You know, do you like it or not? I do like it. Well, going into this, I wanted to see Matthews and Marner separated. You know why? Because come playoffs, sometimes things go quiet, and you need another option. That's great that you've established that as your best option. What else you got when you don't have that? Why can't we find out? Why is it such a like a criminal suggestion to see what else you got? To me, it's too. It's not too early. It's seven games. Well, no, but who's Willie and Tavares have been literally your whole team. The only reason you've won four games right. is because of those two. They've carried you through all your good games that you've played, which there haven't been many. Not like they've been dominating the Leafs, but those two guys playing together have been your number one offensive point, and it's hard and for you've me. Gotten but not because of each squat. other. Just because they've played good as two and, players. And I thought they've been setting each other up a little bit here. Like they've shown a little player. They've shown chemistry. And, and you've gotten squat out of the bottom six. That yes. third line, let's talk about That's it. That's a bigger concern. Because I like all three guys in a vacuum. I like Aaron Kroc. I like Kerfoot. I like Engvall. <clears throat> I like Engvall. <clears throat> Sorry. <clears throat> I like them individually. But together, there's just no heart, soul, personality, something. Nobody's just running over anybody. Ah. Nobody's creating holes. No one's creating for me. No one's, no one's F fighter, hold the light. Someone do something. But what it, do they do? What is their... They're fine. They're fine as a group. I just... So, can you mix it up, Kipper, to your point? Give them Willie. Bump yarn crock up. Yeah. Shuffle bunting down. Actually, there's a good conversation to be had about bunting. Anthony Petrelli wrote a good piece on Maple Leaf Hot Stove about what do you do with Michael Bunting with his next contract, Kipper? Listen, it's not even a discussion for me. But don't you want to see dis- him somewhere else? A discussion is... Uh, like. Play better, and you'll be fine. With bunting. Well, you're asking me about his contract. I, I'm saying, yeah, yeah. I want to see what he is without Matthews and Marner. I'd like to see how he works with your team in it's a not, different spot. It's it's not – I've I've said this all along. He is not a top winger. No, he's not. In a perfect world, he is a third-line winger. With Willie? That, that should – be able to fill in every once in a while and create. And in a perfect world, he's playing 12 minutes. That little? No. 
He's a good where, player. Where, 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 high where, where, IQ where, where, player. Where's he, he going 15 or 16 minutes? You know what the craziest thing about but him where is? Where does he get his minutes from? He's You're, not on the power he, play. And he doesn't Those, penalty kill Kipper either. So... I'm, you're talking about 12 even strength minutes. It's not bad. Yeah. But if if you're talking about 16, 17, 18 minutes, then he's playing on the top line. And that's, I'm just, I don't want to see the Leafs pay him for seven years or something. Cause... Well, he's, you know, the feeling was that if you're going to think that he's going to score 65, that is top six money you're talking about. Yeah, you know who looked really good with Marner and Matthews? Joe Thornton. Anyone you put there in that spot, it's the softest spot in the NHL. The best roster spot you, sh- you yeah. can ask for. So now you're into uh, who who plays with the Sedins. Oh, it's well, uh, Trent Carter Clatt. Didn't score 33, Anson Carter. He... Trent Clatt, remember him? Yeah. Burroughs. You know, everyone looks good in those spots. So what is Michael Bunting to this hockey team? To, to me, I want a guy... I mean, I want Zach Hyman there, but um, that's obviously not going to happen. I want a guy that's going to maybe dig a puck out, a little puck retrieval for those two guys. To me, it's not happening with Bunting. I I would try if I'm going to put a guy there. I would put Yarncrook there to give it a give it a look. To me, I like Yarncrook. I do because he skates. He's going north south. Like edge, he can handle physicality. He can get the puck hard on it. I don't think there's another option because you're not going to go pretty much anyone else on the team. Again, though. Too timid. is not a top winger. He, if you want to put him in there to change things up a little bit, long term, I don't know if he's the answer. Come on. You know, there's a guy that plays for the he Chicago He went Black half Fox a season without scoring a goal. Yeah. No, he did. But they don't have that guy then. We're talking about Bunting or Engvall or Yarncroc or what? I mean, Nick Robertson is a guy Patrick who... Patrick Yeah, Patrick Kane, get out of here. <laughs> Like Nick Robertson's not going to be that guy for those guys because they need a, someone who goes to get the puck and facilitates those two superstars, not sit, you know, looks for his open shot. Uh, do you remember Bunting's empty net goal Saturday night? Yeah. Nice what, little backhand what, what touch. Do you, do you remember anything uh, about it in terms of just how it formed or how it looked to you? He took a peek behind him to see if Matthews was open and then he shoveled it in. That's all I got. Okay. I uh, just... Pull it up because I, I want you to look at it again. Okay. And I think for me, it kind of really is an idea of not just bunting, but the whole team in general for seven games. And that's just a they, – they love their offense. We've known that. They've loved it over the last few years. And Kyle has really made it abundantly clear during his tenure that they're going to be skill and they're going to score. But there is still a sense to me right now that this team just just poaches and cheats a little bit too much. And if you really take a look at Bunting's empty net goal, mm-hmm. he's gone. Yeah, you know Morrissey pinches yeah. hard and lost the pinch. If, if Morrissey gets the pinch, where, where, Bunt, tell Bunt, me where Bunting is. Bunting's at the center end, while Morrissey's and, in the blue and, line with the puck. And tell me where everybody else is. A zone behind him. And that to me is. Just a small snapshot of of how the team plays. Bunting had no no sense of I got to make sure this puck gets out, and if it doesn't, there's not a chance that Morrissey beats me mm-hmm. back into the zone. Right. Bunting's already out of the zone. Morrissey's still on the blue line. Thank God the puck went out. Yeah, he gets he his it. he gets his cookie, and everybody lives happily ever after after Saturday night. 
Mm-hmm. But the amount of times that I've seen guys cheat a little bit too much for my liking, it's it's Sheldon's got to stop that stuff. I agree. And that that's a great goal in October, but that's not the right play. It's crazy because they pull bunting off the ice in a lot of these situations to put Marner and Matthews out with camp for to put them out with someone who does a defensive thing, Kerfoot, someone like that. So And uh, again, it, when I spoke of last week about a guy like Jacob Chikrin, like helping Morgan Riley, he's another guy that just, for me, Morgan forces things because he's trying to create, because he feels the pressure mm-hmm. to be that guy. And he's another one that kind of, I find him high-risk decisions yeah. based on maybe the pressure that he feels. And he's another one that is a little bit too loosey-goosey for me. Mm-hmm. But th- this is the picture that was created with this team, that we're going to be this high-octane uh, team, and well, we're going to push the pace. And their, their pace hasn't been great from the get-go. They I, have no pace right Sammy now. Sammy actually said last night you thought first time, you thought maybe they, they looked slow at times. They looked a little slow. But they are slower. They are slower than they were the, at any time I've seen them in the last three or four years. So one of the stats, we're going to do a little thing at the end of the show where I do useful or useful, and I give you guys a random stat. But one of them, which just is an obvious one, a, a big pitcher one, is the Leafs are 29th in even strength goals for. They have 2.15 goals scored at even strength per game. Boston has 4.65 per game. So the Leafs are 29 oh, great. in goal scoring. Love to hear that. So, has Marshawn but, even played a game yet? But, but this goes to your point of guys looking for it now. The puck's not going in, so they feel like they need to go create offense and wait for a bounce yep. and, and hope. And all of a sudden you're hoping and wishing to get bounces and you're on the wrong side of things and you're giving up rushes going the other way, which we've seen with some frequency a la Victor Mete trying to go chase a puck carrier out at the wall on a rush, and a guy ends up with a breakaway. Matamadio, former Leaf, scores. Blah, blah, blah. Like, I, I look down the roster, the 12 guys, and all of them are thinking, I, I got to get some points. I got to get my cookies. Well, Yarn Crockett, he's not running anybody over. Yeah, he's he not going to out-muscle points. you. No, that guy needs, that guy's looking for offense, too. He scored. He scored a couple in the uh, uh, exhibition, yeah, and people were talking. Hey, he could score twenty. He could score twenty. He's feeling it right now. Yeah. He wants to get going. He wants a twenty goal season. Well, then put him up with Matthews and Marner. I see your point. Like, Pierre Engvall for me. Yeah, he was hurt. He, in preseason. he needs. He needs to step in for Mikheyev's twenty two, twenty four last year. What do you do? Reward him though, Kipper. You watch him play last night comes out of the press box and we make fun of that like clip i put on the internet of him not hitting someone but it was one of three i could have clipped which is why i clipped it at all was i'm sick of seeing him do it that, that video has one hundred twenty-three thousand views by the way <laughs> your nine second video. yeah i mean turnovers how many minutes did engvall play last penalty night? i don't know too many i'll find that give me a minute actually sammy can you look that I'm up looking up right now um but so this brings me Back to some of the same things that you and I have talked about is not a meat and potatoes team at times and not dumping the puck. And so the dumping it in thing to me, if they would once in a while put the puck behind the opposing D, 
forces the D to turn, sometimes D back off, right? If they expect the dumps might come, you can create room at the blue line for yourselves because we know they're a puck possession team. I just see the other other teams standing up so far in the neutral zone. It's so tough to get across that blue. Uh, we do have Mitch Marner weighing in on that too. Let's play Marner on, on that part of the game. No, I mean, um, you're taking what you, what's given. Um, like I said, that's a team that really feeds off the transition. Uh, you want to try and walk through five guys, it's not going to work every time. So um, I think uh, something we've talked about, especially our lineup, I think people are going to try and really hold the blue lines tight on us, um, try and force us into tight situations, and we're not afraid to dump in and try and get them back, and I think we did a pretty good job of that tonight. <laughs> see, I didn't see that. I didn't see that pretty good job of dumping it and getting it back. He talks as fast as possible. So. Oh! What was that? Well, it sounded like a toot. I don't know what that was. <laughs> in, in the past, I have mentioned that they are a good dump-in team. They're a good recovery team. Exactly. They're fourth in they, the NHL at recovering their dump-ins. Their, their four-check over the last few years has been really, really good because they have put the pucks in the right spot yep. to get them back. And they so often carry, I think, that D step up on them. And I think it's easier for them to recover pucks because they so rarely do it. I think 18 or 20 teams in the league dump it in more often than it, than they do. But they're fourth best in the league at getting it back when they chip it in. Well, maybe they should do it a couple more times a game. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, Engvall played 11 last night. Yeah. Okay. He's making what? He's making 2.25 this year? 2.25, yep. Yeah. I mean, so is Yarncroc. Yarncrook's two million, so these guys are feeling it too. But to me, Yarncrook has looked ten times better than Angball has through however many games they've played. Yeah, like I've I've but, liked his shifts a but, lot but more. We're not we're not talking difference making. No, none of them no. are positive right? needle movers, but no, all, none of them are the negative needle needle movers. They're just they they're, they're there. They yeah. give you forty okay. seconds. Yarncrook had twelve minutes played last night. Does he kill much? I don't think he, he's killing. Six for Marner is just insane. And going into almost this, twenty-seven. Going yeah. into the year, we were talking about what well, Keith was talking about how he can use yeah. his fourth line more and he can back off the minutes for the top guys. Boy, Bunting played a lot last night too. <coughs> 17, 16, 19. 20, 45 last night for Bunting. Yeah, that's just a little bit too much for me for my liking. But I, what were what, uh, what choice? You're you're down. You're looking for offense. He can create. He can create offense. I I get it for sure. He can. But what, what were the captain and Bill? They were. I'm just looking right now. The 16 for Tavares. Oh, 16 35 oh, for hurt. Tavares. He got hurt for a little bit, and I'm just uh, sorry, I lost it here. Were you? Uh, did you tweet, Sammy, that 1859 seeing Tavares come back felt like a win for you last night? Did you did. T- actually? What do you tweet say? That? It wasn't. I, I thought. Like, listen. I. Wow. Well, so, I don't know. I mean, can I tell you that I saw that happen and I was like, okay, so. Who plays center on the second line for the rest of the season after John Tavares has his kneecap shattered by a shot? I just found it was weird that he would actually compare it to a win. It felt like a win to me, seeing him back on the ice. So we talked if, about that. On the, if, we talked about that on the post game show. It, it kind of was okay. it, it, it pasted over that because you were so worried about him and seeing him come back on the ice. It's like, oh my god, what a what a right. miracle! Yeah. So if Matthew and Marner got hurt and disappeared and came back would that actually feel like a first round win to you then ah. oh. does it does it does it get does it get better and better oh. winner winner yeah. chicken dinner very funny very very funny yes yeah 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 no i just i was really happy because it's kind of a wake-up call no 
Like, no, those, no, no, no. Top Trust two guys me, get they're, they're not. They're not dumb. They know the possibilities of what certain guys getting hurt could mean. Uh, this whole thing is built on we need these four guys I'm to be thrilled. awesome, <laughs> and a couple of them aren't scoring a bunch, and it's trouble. Like you need all four of your stars to be yeah. great players. That's uh, sometimes that's not the way the game works. No, to win championships. No, you, definitely not. Third line, fourth line, usually are key contributors to win a championship. You want to start in October relying on four guys to make or break your season. Have you been here? That it's has been the plan. Not happening. It has not happened. You're correct. So there could be a fatal flaw here. At some point, <laughs> you might have to start a, a dialogue about how maybe this doesn't work. There is a debate about whether the idea that you can just have enough good players that it'll it'll eventually work out. So or boy. if you need to have different types of players. Yeah. Who well, was it you or Kipper maybe. I was talking with about the, the different types of players that teams have down the lineup? The Leafs have very similar players. Yarncroft, Kerfoot, Kerfoot, Engvall. Kind of similar guys, right? Algen. Camp. I mean, you know, I guess Camp is at least a defensive specialist. But, like, most of these guys kind of do the same thing. There's no change up. Uh, yeah, if all you're throwing is a 97-mile-an-hour fastball and you throw it every time. Black, is it Blackwell who played last year? Black? Yeah, call him Blackwell. Blackwell, Malgin. Blackwell scored a big goal in the playoffs. He still lost, but he Are scored they... one. Right? No, I, I know. And and so, yeah, you got Clifford and, and Simmons hope, in there, but is that enough? You, no. You, Simmons you know, played seven minutes last night. If, if you're, who did Simmons? If you're Kyle, you, you are still trying to find the, the diamond in the rough. You're trying to look for another bunting What's the, with an uh, undervalued player that we we see more in. How about, you know. He, they, he hasn't find, surfaced yet. Well, Aston Reese is, you know, a lot of people thought great find, good value. Abe Kubel just won his cup. People thought great yeah, value, good yeah. find. Could you find someone? And all three of them, all the who wakes all, up grumpy all the sometimes. three guys that were built up during training camp. Yeah. Scratch. In game seven, all three of them <laughs> in the biggest game of the year. Who's that? What? What? No, I'm just saying between Mulligan and Aston oh, Reese yeah. and Kubel, these guys they were they were built up pretty good mm-hmm. in, in training camp. And you couldn't go to either one of them against a. Your biggest test of uh, the well, early it's season. Not good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Wonderful drop in, Brad May. Yeah. Okay, we'll take a quick break. We've got Keith Jones, former NHL or hockey analyst for TNT. He's going to stop by after the break. Jimmy Ralph as well in the second hour. We'll get his thoughts and plenty to still get into, including Vancouver. The Sens, four straight games, despite uh, a key uh, cog in their lineup. Shane for Pinto, the, the best two weeks. goal shooter in her in Ontario. All right. Take a calming Relax break here. on that. <laughs> that was a little Sammy, you okay? You need a little bit of a break? He's already gone. He's gone. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. He's, he's, he's home. <laughs> got to work with Sammy here. <laughs> got to calm him down here. I it's know. only seven I'm games. Calm, calm myself down, too. All they're, right. They're four and three. We'll take a quick break. We're coming right back. Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne. Hi. <laughs> What's up? I'm just watching our producer, our trusted producer, and you know, when he's not on a 
bathroom break. He's Squirrel. looking through the internet and uh, tell, tell, tell everybody what he found. Well, he found the Barry Trotz quote on the Cam and Strick podcast, which just simply said he would be interested in coaching an original six team. That would be, or that would be something that piques his interest or something to that effect. And let's bring in Keith Jones, former NHL or hockey analyst on TNT, doing a great job. And uh, Jonesy, you know this market well. If it's struggling, man, people are going to start connecting dots. And here we have Barry Trotz being quoted uh, that he would find an original six team uh, intriguing. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> hey, hey, it's he, not it's not, not hard to connect. It's not hard to connect the dots, is it? No, no, it's not. And obviously, that would be very enticing for him. Um, he was my first coach in professional hockey when I played for the Baltimore Skipjacks. I was oh, with him going for, way back. I was with yeah. him for a cup of coffee as well. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah he's a, he was a. He was a great coach. It's not surprising, eh, Nick, to see how much success he's had. And he got it. He understood it. He knew everybody had a role on the team, and he made sure everybody kind of fit in. If you didn't, you weren't going to be there very long. But Barry was a very patient head coach, and he's, he's good with the media, too. He knows how to handle different situations and knows how to manage up depending on who he's working for. <laughs> he's got all the skills. He's got them all. So he just randomly says that he won't, you would find an original six team intriguing. So let's do the math here. Would the Rangers be interested in one at this point? No. No. Okay, we'll scratch no them chance. off with uh, <laughs> oh, with Gerard. Uh, Detroit, last time I checked, I think they just got a new guy. Yeah. Okay, we'll scratch. No, not Detroit. We'll scratch him off. Um, Chicago. They just got a young, young uh, up and comer in Luke. Scratch them off the list. (laughs) Boston, Montgomery. uh, Nope, they're off the list. Would would Montreal get rid of Marty St. Louis for Barry Trotz? No. Ooh, you guys are going out on the limb on that one. Um, who's left, Jonesy? That's it, buddy. There's only one team, and it's interesting when you look at it just because of, you know, the regular season success that they have had and the lack of playoff success that they've had would, would make them uh, an enticing team for a coach that's got all kinds of experience and would look at the talent that they have and think he can get something done with them. It would make sense. I don't, I don't know if that's what Barry's doing or not, but it, it would absolutely make sense for a veteran coach to take a, a shot at, uh, you know, doing something special with that Maple Leaf team if, if in fact that's the direction they end up going. Jonesy, we'll just get your thought on this Leaf team uh, off the top. You know, we talk about him every day here, and it's always interesting to hear someone who's not in Toronto for it all. Three losses so far, a couple of them quite disappointing, but four and three. Uh, What are your thoughts on what I think many in Toronto here deem as a slow start? Yeah, it would be. I mean, they have certainly have got extremely high expectations, and whenever you're coming off disappointments, you want to see the team get off on on the right foot, but I, I'm not overly concerned about them. I still think they're, you know, an extremely talented team that is capable of doing great things. So 
I would stay a little bit patient with them, but I understand the frustration for those that follow the team and love the team. I, I grew up a Maple Leafs fan, so I know all about frustrations, especially at the years that I was following them. A much different situation where the team did not have great expectations and once in a while would make it look like they might take a run at it, but never had the talent to do it. So they have it now and they've got an outstanding fan base. So you'd love to see them able to be able to put it all together. One of the issues that we talked about earlier in the show uh, was uh, the starts by the Leafs. And it's one thing to start poorly, but it's another thing to start poorly for three consecutive periods here. And we've seen Sheldon already pretty short to start this season, but, you know, and I'm not linking this to Barry Trotz in any shape, way, shape, or form, because you know everybody's going to do it anyways. But just the feeling that he has now um, on, on why they have had such an issue. This is now considered a, a veteran team. I, are they one of the older teams yeah, now in the seventh league? seventh or eighth oldest. And, you, and your star players now are in their prime. This is... Bad starts maybe two or three years ago, but really shouldn't be crept in now, should it? No, it shouldn't. And, you know, the the onus on bad starts is going to fall on the coach because the players aren't going anywhere. So you can understand where his frustration would come from. I, I, I can guarantee you that he is not thinking that, you know, a couple of more poor starts are going to be good for the, his future in Toronto. So it's something that he wants to get fixed immediately. The players may not have the same amount of urgency as he does. And, you know, historically in watching coaches, you know, lash out at press conferences or say some things that they want to take back the next day, never seems to work out that well in the, in the days or months to follow. So it's always a concern of mine when I see coaches backtrack on comments that they might make and not watching the Leafs every day, but kind of following them from afar. That's one thing that stood out to me that would be of concern. Um, you know, if I wanted to be coaching this team at the midway point or heading to the playoffs for one more crack at it. Josie, we'll take sort of the eye of Sauron, the focus off Toronto for a little bit and get your thoughts on some teams around the league. One of them that stands out to me, the Boston Bruins, unbelievable start to this season. And they've been without Marchand and McAvoy and Grizzlick. What have you seen out of that team with like Bergeron and Krejci? This team looked like uh, they, they found their old stride a little bit, their old swagger. Yeah, you got to give Krejci a lot of credit too, right? And some We've always mentioned and talked about how underrated he was and how important he's been to the Bruins uh, over the years. And I think he was obviously missed maybe a little bit more than we all could completely understand with his returning last year to to play in the Czech League. Uh, it's interesting that they are a much more balanced team just by adding him to the mix. Zaka looks like he's found his game playing at times with Pasternak and uh, so they added some depth, but it is surprisingly, uh, to me, a good result for the Bruins so far. Because McAvoy is a world-class player and Marchand's a world-class player as well. So the fact that they're doing it without those guys, I guess you give Jim Montgomery credit for, you know, a new voice. Uh, not that I don't think Bruce Cassidy is one of the best coaches in the league, because I do, uh, but a new voice sometimes and, you know, someone that's coming in there and looking at it from a different angle. 
maybe just what the Bruins needed. They seem to be a little bit stale over the last few seasons, but they look like they've got um, their game headed in the right direction and they're off to a great start. You know, the thought was that maybe a, a team like Detroit, uh, Ottawa, and Buffalo will improve, but not to the point where they can challenge uh, for a playoff spot. If any of them get decent goaltending, can they? Yeah, they can. They, I, the East is is interesting this year when I look at it. You know, a lot will pick Carolina come out, and a lot are going to pick the Rangers to come out. But it's pretty wide open. And when you look at what Detroit's doing already, uh, you think of goaltending. Looks like Huso is going to be the type of goaltender that he demonstrated he could be late in the season last year with St. Louis, and that's obviously a huge, huge plus. Sherratt's given them a defenseman that can provide solid minutes and throw his body around, give a different dimension back there. The younger players now are in another year into the league, like Sider, who's obviously going to be an outstanding defenseman. Kubalik's off to a great start. The coach seems to really know what he's doing for a guy that I didn't know much about. I've learned a lot about him recently, and it sounds like the players really connect to him. I think the guys in Tampa really appreciated the things he did as an assistant coach. And obviously, Eiserman's got a history with him and must believe that he's got what it takes to take this Red Wings team to the next level. So it it would not be shocking for me to see Detroit do some really good things, especially if Bertuzzi's not out for too long, Uh, you know, and losing Verona to uh, whatever the issues are that he's going through was not a real benefit to them. But there's enough depth there for them to get by right now, and hopefully Bertuzzi's back in the mix in a relatively short time. Jonesy, what should we make of the Philadelphia Flyers start to the season? They got John Tortorella, 4-2-0, plus three goal differential. They look pretty good. Is this a, a better hockey team than many anticipated? Some thought this team might have a chance at Connor Bedard in the basement. Well, they're going to be more competitive. There's no doubt about that. I think last year there was a lot of games that they lost by large margins. I mean, 8-2, to 7-1. to one. Right. It was not flyer-type hockey. And it's really gone away from them over the last couple of seasons. They're going to be a much more aggressive team. And they've got some muscle now, which may make some players that have not played well for them over the last couple of seasons play a little bit better. Uh, Having that support, I think, goes a long way, especially when your team has been pushed around as much as they have been over the last couple of seasons. So having Delorier there, having McEwen there, you know, having Sealer on the back, and there's a lot more supportive-type players that don't necessarily have to drop the gloves but are definitely respected enough around the league that teams aren't going to think that they can come into Philadelphia and just run the Flyers out of the rink, and that was happening a lot last year. So Tortorella's going to keep them interesting. Uh, as you guys know, he's a great soundbite. Uh, he's going to do things to keep them in the news. Uh, but I don't know that that's going to be enough to get them into playoffs. I, I doubt it. I doubt that they get there, but they're going to be an improved team, provided they don't lose any more players to injury, because that's still a bit of a nightmare around here. Couturier has not returned yet. Ellis doesn't look like he's going to play. Um, Atkinson's hurt, and not no word, but he's going to be back. JVR left the last game with an injury. Uh, these are pretty key guys that are making a lot of money towards the cap that are in many cases, are irreplaceable. So I think that will catch up to them. Well, it it goes back to that old theory, Jonesy, and that's that uh, 
you know, coaches like Tortorella, they can come in, they can force guys to be on their best behavior. He can get their attention and he's not wrong on anything he does and says he's got the green light, but does it, are there small windows for these guys? Do you still think that's true that, uh, that eventually you do get tired of a guy like Tortorella? Does that stay with any generation or can, can Tortorella now like ultimately still be there if this team does turn around and and compete or, 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 People are going to get sick of his crap like they have in the past. Well, I think they're all open ears right now just because of the way they, you know, played and how much the team has lacked interest in the city. I think he's got their full attention. I think they they want to walk around and be part of all the winning that's going around with, you know, the Phillies going to the World Series and the Eagles undefeated. Um, I think those players want to feel some of that. So uh, they're open to what he's doing right now. Um, He's the perfect coach for this team at this time. And I've played for coaches that like Torts, including Jim Schoenfeld, who was very close with Tortorella. I think they worked together at times. Uh, There was times I needed that, and there's times that it wore thin on me. Uh, When they arrived, though, you usually get a good boost from it. And I think he's evolved enough through his experience that he gets the new athletes are a little different than they were, you know, 15, 20 years ago when he started. I think he's adaptable, but I do think his strengths right now are pushing this team to get the most out of them, and they need it right now. One of the teams that we've talked about quite a bit in the show that isn't the Leafs is the Vancouver Canucks. They're obviously in a world of hurt right now, 0-5-2 through seven games. Um, no real clear path back, you know, like a clear solution or anything to do. Um, you know, your thoughts on, on what some options might be for them. Uh, it feels like they're at a bit of a dead end with no real easy way out. Well, I watched them early this year in Philly. They had- they had a game where they're up to nothing and they just melted down. Uh, it, it was early. Obviously it's still early, but it was concerning to watch the way some of their, you know, top guys performed and the frustration that they kind of exuded. You could see it from up top in the press box that they were not a very confident group. They were a frustrated group and that's not what they were at the end of the last season. I had some guys have career years like JT Miller. I think he had 99 points. Um, Is he a 99-point player? I don't think so. You know, if he gets 80, that would be great. Um, So you have some guys that were coming off some really strong performances as individuals that maybe get a little too far up on their skis and may have to come back down to earth a little bit too. But for Bruce Boudreaux, it's going to be a huge challenge now to get that team straight and headed back in the right direction. And if they don't in the next few days, you never know what's going to happen with him. it may be fingers pointed at him already, which seems crazy, but that's the business. And it's a Canadian city that, you know, there's an extremely large amount of pressure on them to get things turned around. There's a lot of talk they'd be a playoff team, but they didn't appear like they were a playoff team in the game that I watched them. And then just following a lot of the stuff, the highlights, they, they don't look like they're uh, going to be doing anything as far as the playoffs are concerned. If they don't start winning in a hurry. We're talking to, Keith Jones, former NHLer, hockey analyst for TNT, and former Washington Capital. Now, Jonesy, about, uh, what, three, four weeks ago, 
I went down to a Washington Capitals alumni uh, weekend. It was fantastic. That's awesome. That's great. The, oh, that's, that's great. Can I tell you the highlight of my weekend? Yeah. Was hearing a story, uh, and speaking of coaches and players, player relationships, I heard a story about you and Jim Schoenfeld. <laughs> Which one is it? Give me a, give me a, I, there's a, there's a lot of them. Trust me. Yes. And you are going to carry this one through. Okay. Um, it's the one at the hotel when you're want to go in and see him because you're having some issues with maybe some ice time or, or, um, you know, maybe the line that you're playing with. Am I jogging your memory? Well, there's a lot. There's a lot of them, and sometimes okay. you know they get as as the stories go. But I will. Is this the one where uh, you want to do some role playing? Yes, thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, okay, a role so, reversal. Okay. Let's let's yeah, hear from you. So, <laughs> so, so I was struggling. I'd been like 12 games without a goal, and believe it or not, that was a long stretch for me. Although most people wouldn't think that anymore. But um, so after a, a skate in practice, I was laying on the ice, and he comes over. I was just looking at the ceiling, counting the lights. And he says, what's wrong? What are you doing? You know, and I said, I'm exhausted. You're killing us in practice. We're practicing too hard. So he goes, okay, okay. And he calls the whole team and he goes, hey, listen, guys, Jonesy's tired. We're going to not practice as hard for the next couple of games or the next couple of days, right? So that happened. Everyone's kind of laughing, but he wasn't. And we proceeded to not practice very hard for the next few days and proceeded to lose the next two games on top of that, and I didn't score. So now I'm at about 14 games, and I'm walking into the rink in Tampa for the 15th game, and I'm kind of down. You're not scoring. You're upset about it. The team's not winning. It's not good. And here he is waiting for me, and he just says, hey, son, because that's what he called everybody, luckily not just me. And he said, come into my, uh, get in the lock, uh, uh, my coach's office, I want to talk to you. So I go in with that those blue undershirts. Remember those, Nick? Stanfield. Good stuff. Oh, yeah. So I sit down in the chair, and he looks at me. He's an intimidating guy, as everybody knows. Oh, yeah. Hey, he he goes, you be me, and I'll be you. (laughs) I go, here we go. (laughs) So he says, uh, I'm tired. My hands don't feel good. I've lost my confidence. You know, like that. He looks over at me, and I said, Oh, don't worry about it, son. You'll come out of it because he called everybody's son, and I, he always gave you the fist, not a handshake. So I reached across, give him the fist pump, and he lost it. He called me back, told the team in the locker room, and just in front of everybody, I, I had those sweaty armpits and those, that blue undershirt. I just remember two big donuts under each arm, and I'm going, this is not going to be a good thing. When, and he proceeded to, to just crush me in front of the whole team as well. But when you, there was a lot of moments like that. When you said that to him, by chance, were your feet up on the desk? <laughs> that's a, uh, that's, there's a good possibility of that, Nick, believe me. That's, that's the part that probably pissed him off the most. Uh, he was, uh, you know, if I when I see him now, I give him a big hug all the time. But we we went at it, uh, we went at it a lot. There's there is some funny stories involved hey, there, and he's a good man. We want to hear every single one of them all season long. Okay, so make sure that yeah. uh, you come uh, uh, next time you're on the show. You you bring another Shoney uh, story. Okay, <laughs> you got it, buddy. All right, Keith Jones, everybody. Thanks, Jonesy.
TNT analyst. He is one of the true great characters in our game. Oh, yeah. Big personality. Huge. Huge. That takes some chutzpah to look at Schoenfeld and, uh, and suggest. <laughs> You're fine, son. Take the rest of the day off. <laughs> yeah. I don't no, think great. anybody's still trying that one today. No. Good chance not. Okay. What do we do? We'll take a quick break. Yeah. We got uh, Jim Ralph. Sure you don't want to talk about that Trot story a little more? Well. It is funny that. Listen, do you think do you think Keith would be mad that Trotz is like is saying that? I think Trotz is just saying generally it'd be cool to coach an original six team. That's all. He's not saying I want one of their jobs now. I don't think you can just throw that out there Agreed. without having some idea of what the situations are in each original six team. And let's face ah. it. Let's face it. Okay? Well, let's say this right now. If Brendan or Kyle need to go down that path. Maybe mm-hmm. that's a tough decision. That guy's it. Trots would be the, the guy to replace Sheldon were it ever to come to that? 100%. Really? I don't know if they'll get him. Yeah. But he would sit at the very top of the list. It doesn't help Sheldon that Barry and, Trotz is out there and, waiting. And, hey, not only is he waiting, he's commanding $5 million plus a year. And... This is one of the few organizations that can stroke that with their eyes closed. It is a non-issue. It's an issue other places, but it's not here on a team that has to win now. If they pick Barry Trotz, they stroke that check all day long. You think the big money, big deal, big coach uh, thing soured them a little with Babcock? No. No, I think Brendan would go big game hunting again. I don't feel like this is fair to my boy Sheldon. Well, listen, <laughs> you listen. Uh, we're just we're not. We're, I'm not here to fire Sheldon. I know and, you're not. And listen, we, we're we, just saying a guy out there said th- he'd take his job. This is a conversation that we didn't start. I think Barry Trot started it with his comment that he'd like he'd find it intriguing to coach an original sixteen. I'd like to say I also would find it interesting. And, and Jonesy said during his thing how great he is with the media and how well he works with the media. Like he's not some. He wasn't born yesterday, Bordy. Well, like, no, he, but I think a lot of times you go on these podcasts and you don't do your research. You do, you're do you doing favor for Cam or Strick or whoever mm. his buddy is. And they say, would you want to – I didn't even hear the question. Would, would you want to coach – would it make a difference? Hey, you want to coach the Leafs? Yeah, of course they would. I don't think I it was framed that way. No, but I mean, realistically, you'd be oh, like, yeah, yeah, of course. Is, you, is, think is, I, you don't want to? Did you read it? Did you hear of it? I, I just I, read I, it. I just saw – I just read it. I read the clip. I read the clip. I didn't see it. All right. I don't think Trotz is out there like, bing, bing, bing. I just think Give it's, me the Leafs. I just think it's an incredibly juicy storyline for us to, to, to No, it's about. only juicy well, if you make it juicy. Listen, I, I'm, not juicy. I'm not ready it's to juicy. lose my Sheldon Kippers Clippers either. No. Oh, Barry can bring it like Sheldon. <laughs> Barry's bites? Does, would, <laughs> Barry. would, would Barry sound like this? Uh, <laughs> Derek, that's a cue. Give me something. Um, I'm, I'm... Come on. That's a classic. That is a classic. It's only a the classic. On classic. Our show. Okay, we've blown by the third base uh, stop yeah, sign here on our, on our break, but we got Jim Ralph after the break. Toronto Maple Leaf color analyst. He'll sort it out. Here's a question for you. Okay. Who starts in net Thursday night against San Jose for the Toronto Maple Leafs? Save that one after the break. Watching and listening, Real Kipper and Bourne. This is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. I'm coming out of the gate. 
positive. Okay. Positive. Me too. We're closing out the show on a I'm nothing but positive notes. Nothing but? Uh, I don't know. That's not true. <laughs> Primarily positive. <laughs> We're going to start it anyways, <laughs> right. and we'll see where it goes. So let's bring in Jim Ralph, real good friend of the show, solid guest all season long. <laughs> I think it earned him a lucrative new contract. Oh, yeah? They didn't tell you? Oh, yeah. They tell me stuff. Remember that. <laughs> okay, so here's my positive spin. It's right up your alley, between the pipes, right. Samsonov. Where did you envision him going when you heard Matt Murray? How much has he exceeded your expectations so far? It's small snapshot here, still early, but your thoughts? Yeah, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised. You know, especially, you know, we saw him once last year when uh, when Washington was in and he got pulled halfway through. And, uh, you know, then watching the, uh, the Florida-Washington series last year, I, I thought he struggled. Um, you know, I thought goaltending was uh, was a difference in that. So uh, you kind of thought, you know, coming in that hopefully Murray could be Jack Campbell where he has a rebound here, and you know Samsonov could could fill in uh, every now and then and give you a solid start. So I'd say he's uh, absolutely Kipper has exceeded uh, my expectations. Like you said, it's still early, but uh, you got to like what you've seen so far from him. Ralphie, what do you think it's like playing goal for the Leafs compared to playing goal for other average teams or even good teams around the league? Is there something about playing behind this defense and the way they play that would make it easier or harder to goaltend? Uh, well, game to game, Barney. But I'll tell you, yeah, last, yeah. Night, last night it wasn't, uh, you know, as, as much as you would look at. Uh, the, the one comparison I have for both the Arizona game and the game last night uh, too many men on the ice penalties in both games, mm-hmm. which to me says, I mean, they're just dopey penalties yeah. to take. And and they seem to be pretty good indicators that your head's just not in the game. And, you know, they, they dodge one bullet on the goal called back. Uh, you know, then they give up another one after a giveaway. Uh, Start of the second period, an odd man rush in the first 20 seconds. So it was, um, I, I think that's indicative that, and what they have, like 13 last year? I think too many men on the ice penalties. Right. Um, not not the category you want to lead the, the league in. But, um, yeah, I just thought last night was um, was horrible from a goaltender standpoint. You know, they first half of the first, first half of the second, they were lucky that Samsonov kept them in. And then by the third, it, was, it just seemed that it was a matter of time that uh, you weren't going to dodge another bullet. Well, it's not hard for any coach, let alone uh, Sheldon, to feel – things like bench minors for too many men or bad starts. What do you, what do you make of them? Uh, ever been to Vegas, Kip? (laughs) (laughs) Roll the dice. Yeah. I think I, uh, last time we were there, I got there for the second period. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Just like the Leafs. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I mean, I don't, uh, I don't know if they uh, they had some uh, time off and they got in from Winnipeg late because I'm pretty sure Vegas is open late. I've heard. Yeah. So, <laughs> anyway, I mean, I don't, uh, you know, I'm not saying they, they might be staying uh, away from downtown like they have in the past. But, Under but, Lou, I think they, but they were it's not just Reno Vegas, Ralphie. It's just yeah. not Vegas. We're talking about something that uh, crept in as early as the season opener. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. There's a very similar to last year. Remember the start of last year? I mean, Matthews, they didn't have for the first four or five games. And they, they just looked 
uh, out of sorts. I mean, that's, I, mean, I guess if, if you want another positive tip, uh, the fact that Tavares came back after uh, yeah. he looked like he was in a lot of trouble when he left the game. So uh, if, you're, if you're looking for a positive, hopefully it's that uh, he's not going to be hindered by the injury going forward. I'm not sure that we could call this a positive, but I don't know your opinion, so we'll throw it to you. The Leafs' decor, um, Morgan Riley and TJ Brody. Um, Morgan was on the ice for 11 shots for, or sorry, 11 shots against and none for last night. Sandine and Hall, Giordano and Mete. What are your thoughts on where the Leafs' decor is at so far through seven games? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm a big believer in the five-man unit. That it's, uh, but but what I what I haven't liked is when you you've seen guys jump up into the play and, and nobody's covering them. And, and we mm-hmm. saw that, you know, right off the start last night and, uh, and it was Morgan uh, Riley and, and TJ Brody, both times starting the periods, uh, you know, they jump up in the play and, you know, the forwards, nobody seems to recognize it when the puck's turned over, you're, you're scrambling to get back. So, um, you know, I, I think it's great. If you want your defensemen to be active and you want them to jump into the play and, and to play and create offense, but man, somebody's somebody's got to have their have their head on a swivel to say, if this doesn't go well, we're in trouble. <laughs> you know, back the other way, and uh, that's the part that I I found a little frustrating. What um, you know, it's great for the D to jump in, but but somebody's got to recognize that and, and hang back a little bit. There are times in the past few seasons, Ralphie, where we've watched the Toronto Maple Leafs and said that may be the fastest team in the league, and. Yeah. I'm just wondering now, and I know they've changed some personnel, but are they still a fast team here? Are they just not playing fast, or have have a few guys in the lineup slowed them down? Uh, you know what, Kip? I'm, I, I think you're fast when that first outlet pass out of your zone is going to somebody that's got his feet moving. Uh, then they're fast. But if you've got a guy that's, uh, that, that's blown the zone early and he's uh, got his backside up against the boards at the far blue line waiting. Uh, once he gets the puck, he's not very fast, you know, and they uh, they don't create much. So uh, to me, again, going back to the five-man unit, if, if, as long as you've got even a 15, 20-foot pass to somebody who's got their feet moving, uh, then you get uh, the other team turning and chasing, and, and you look a lot faster then. But, um, you know, a lot of times it seems that they're, they're not in sync coming out of their own zone. They'll have one guy way up at the blue line waiting. One guy starts to cut across the middle I of the ice. Totally and, see it. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, when you get to that, and it seems like when they're on, you know, that, that first pass is tape to tape, say on Marner stick on the right wing side or Nylander. And all of a sudden you say, wow, that's, that's a lot of speed. But uh, when you're a little out of sync and then maybe the, the D double clutch it uh, before throwing it out of the zone and everybody pulls up or starts to circle back, um, I, I don't care how fast you, the wheels are. Uh, if you're going in the wrong direction, you're not very fast. I'm sure you have an easy black and white answer for the question. Um, why Austin Matthews not shooting puck in net? What's what's happening here? Uh, well, I mean, he could have had a couple again last night. I think for he sure. had uh, uh, four shots in the first. And then I think the uh, uh, the game in Winnipeg, I think he had seven or eight shot attempts um, in the first period as well. So it'll be it'll be one of those things that, and it's like last year that the once they start to go in, it'll be fine. But uh, we really haven't seen, you know, that that patented release from the slot. He, he doesn't seem to be, um, you know, getting the time or the space, and he doesn't need a whole lot of time. Uh, but the puck just doesn't seem to be finding him in the slot where 
Um, you know, you could just overpower a goaltender with that that snapper up under the cross crossbar. Are, are we at the point now for you? And we discussed this earlier in the show that uh, as much as you've liked what you've seen out of Tavares and Willie Nylander or Matthews and, and Marner uh, prior to this season, do you have to now spread that love out throughout your lineup here to get maybe a few guys going or, or just open up um, some more threats? Yeah, no, I'm, I think you, st- you stick with it, Kip. Um, I think, what, I guess what sort of bothers you a little bit is that the third line really hasn't generated a whole lot. Like at times the, uh, uh, before Simmons and Clifford went in, the fourth line was actually, uh, you know, getting some offensive zone time. They weren't scoring, but they were starting to drop penalties. Or I shouldn't say that because David Camp scored uh, in the game against Ottawa and then again uh, in Winnipeg with Simmons and Clifford. But the um, uh, I, I find the third line is it's sort of in between. They're you know they don't seem to uh, to get many opportunities, and uh, they, they haven't found that chemistry yet where. Uh, I don't think you're comfortable with with what they've been able to uh, to give you, you know. So hopefully, hopefully it all works out. But I um, I definitely stick with Robertson and uh, Neil Leonard and Tavares and and the Matthews line. Uh, let them work it out like they did last year. You know, going into this season, the whole conversation was the regular season doesn't matter. Prove it in the playoffs. Show us in the playoffs. We don't care till the playoffs. And then the regular season starts poorly and everyone's like, oh, my God, fire the coach, blow it up. Does it matter or doesn't it? I guess I want to know what you think the next three games in California, how important are these to this team this season? Or is it still playoffs are all that matters? Yeah, well, I mean, it is the playoffs that matters. But I also think Borny and Kipper, that does play into your head going to training camp. But just say, okay, you know, we we know what the ultimate goal is, and and it's almost like you're, uh, you know, you're looking too far ahead. And um, mm-hmm. you know, it, it was sort of that scare at the start of last year, when um, remember the loss in uh, what was it in Pittsburgh? They lost in Pittsburgh Six and Carolina. Yeah. Oh yeah, and that was a big loss. Almost lost to Chicago. That was their their comeback win, and that seemed to be the turning point for them. But it's uh, yeah, it's almost uh, you know they always talk about the Stanley Cup hanger over. You know you win and it's hard to get back into the groove. Um, it, it almost does seem from a Leaf standpoint they're going okay, this doesn't really matter. And then it's oh yeah, well we still got to get there. <laughs> you know to uh, but but I I think they'll be fine. I think there's too much talent there for for them. Uh, you know they're a game above 500 um, and they haven't played very well. But but I still think they got to win two out of three in California. For well, sure. Then you're four, then you're four and two on the road, and you come home, and everybody's relatively happy, and the the panic button isn't being pushed yet. Which uh, leads me to uh, how I left going into the break on Samsonov, and you're playing what is perceived as one of the weaker teams in the National Hockey League. Uh, do you go with Shulgren on on Thursday here, or do you come back to Samsonov? Do you have to be careful here? He's coming off a a, a tough game. I, yeah. He he worked his ass off last night. He was one of the few guys that did. Do you need to protect him a little bit here? He's giving you so much so early. Do you want to go back to the well Thursday night? No, Kipper, do you not remember playing three games in two and a half days in the minors and busting 14 hours in between? That was us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I did some of that no, myself, I, actually. Uh, You're okay. You're okay with him. Uh, you know, now it's sort of like, you know, the 
the shrimp cocktail and the charter wasn't very good after the game. I might need a game off. So. <laughs> But it's uh, no, I, I think you go with them Thursday, and you got the back-to-back Saturday, Sunday. Um, you know, traditionally that would uh, the backup goalies game would be uh, what is it, Anaheim on Sunday. So that's um, that's the way I would see it playing out, uh, unless they do a swap. But I, I think you'd see, uh, uh, you know, maybe maybe Shelburne gets the the LA game Saturday. But I think that's where in the back-to-back, I think that's where you use them both. I think you go back. Uh, at the Samson up in um, in San Jose. All right. Let's hope his magic continues uh, and he buys his team some time to find the uh, back of the net. Yeah. Well, you got to figure they're due for a five, six, seven goal game at some point. And, and once they do and everybody starts to get to the points, I think they relax a little bit too. Listen, they had the day off in Vegas. Like, <laughs> if you can't turn your fortunes around... Hanging out with the boys. Yeah, who's ever had things go south in Vegas? Yeah, yeah, I've had things go south in Kalamazoo. So I'm not, you know, I'm not judging. Yeah. <laughs> Ralphie, always appreciate your time, man. Thanks for doing this. All right, thanks, Skip. Thanks, Bernie. Thanks, Ralphie. Uh, I, I I worry about probably going back to Samsonov if he is tired. Mm. There's something to be said for a guy that comes comes off of a, a real hard night like that. And I know they've got a couple of days off in between. Yeah. But I don't know. What, what did he end up seeing? 40, 41 shots? Yeah. Like he, he had a big ask. I, to, yeah. hold, to hold the Leafs in that game last night. They gave him a chance. Was a very big ask. And he, he did give them a chance. I actually put a bet on the Leafs to come back and win that game with about 10 minutes left that $10 paid $143. They were such long shots because yeah. he was keeping them in it, and the Leafs can at any point yeah. kind of do leafy things. There's two schools of thought. You should win that game with Shalgren, or you better win that game on Thursday. Yeah. Uh, just It would be giving Shalgren a good chance, right, against one of the bottom feeders of the league. Here, here's something interesting. So I use TimeHop. It's like an app that, you know, like... <laughs> Oh, go ahead, Sammy. Well, no, he just, oh, they're, oh, they're playing one of the bottom teams of the league. Oh, they've been great against them. Yeah, which means that you'd be thinking about playing your number one goalie. For sure. Your team has made it, so you have to think right. about that. You need a win. They, they, have they won a couple of games? San Jose's won a couple of games. I don't uh, think so. A couple so. sounds like a one. lot. I think they're 1-4. Uh, yeah, they're 2-6-0. Two, two, oh, okay. Yeah. I got bad info. Yeah, so they've won a couple of games. And the one thing about playing like a, a a San Jose now or Montreal with Marty St. Louis is these these coaches now, especially their new ones, if they're if they're gonna lose, mm-hmm. they're, they're gonna lose because they're just not good enough. They're not gonna lose because they're not ready mm-hmm. or prepared or or playing with that that sense of urgency that uh, this coach is made it real clear real early here and i want to impress them and i'm on yeah. my best behavior much like tortorella in philly for sure san Jose's not gonna not gonna lose this game because they're not ready they have guys who can play and you're right they've struggled at home like Derek said they're 0 three at home like they're going to be ready for this leaf team come thursday night um you know i thought one of ralphie's comments was interesting on how last year you know this leaf team kind of started slow and there's the thought going into the season of playoffs are all that matters and how it can kind of 
I don't know. You go into the season just like, well, well they've we'll heard it from everybody. Everybody. Right. They've read about it. They've listened to Listen to it on the radio, and uh, every, every every blogger out there is like, who cares? Yeah, we don't care games. if you're first. Just show us show some us playoffs. What you got. So, so they that, go out there and they throw their chips on the table. If they yeah. don't win one night, they'll go play the next yeah. night. Here's an article. So from last year, October 25th, about the Leafs. I think it was Luke Fox. It says, I know people don't want to hear it, and I absolutely get it if you don't, but the Leafs' top players are going to explode at some point. They aren't going to stay cold forever. Mitch Marner is not going to have a 14-point season. Austin Matthews is not scoring zero goals this year. Tavares is not putting up 41 points. What, um, no matter what you think about these players, it isn't going to happen. At some point, this will, of course, correct. I just hope when it happens, all the fundamental issues at play are not glossed over. That's a year ago about this team. So what was the date on that? October twenty fifth, a year ago, twenty one. Oh, okay. Very interesting. It's the same team. It's the same. You could it's write the, the same exact team. Same That's article. where you're wrong. It's What's not the, the same team. It's the same core. Same coach. Well, I, same GM. I, I have a goalie as a core, okay. and and he's been pretty good. I know, but it's not the I same. I just say, team. I don't think it's a coincidence. The it's same not the group same team. starting the same the year the same way. To me, I have two thoughts on that. First one? I felt better about their bottom yeah. six last year than yeah. I do. Isn't their bottom this year. six Simmons and Clifford just older? No, McKayev. Boys, I'm telling you right now, and I brought up his name the other day. Like there, there was a real threat offensively with Jason Spezza. And that, well, what, that, what are you doing here? I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm, he's, it, it, it was wrong on so many levels having a guy like that on the fourth right. line. But when he, he was out the there, mold. or he could he could slide in on a on a second power play, he brought offense out when the other big boys were on the bench. They don't have that. Oh, that's a big deal for me. They well, have the zero offense. Off- they have zero offense. Less than six. zero. Right. right now in seven games. What do you want them to get? It's that, not though? the same team. Yeah. So. Do you want to get to my useful or useless well, stats? I just, it's related to what Kipper's talking about. Well, I think there's two things out of what you just read there. Okay. First of all, yeah, I guess maybe it's encouraging that maybe they'll break out or whatever and they'll be better. But at the same time, two wrongs don't make a right here. No, doing it again doesn't make doing it Doing it again okay. doesn't it excuse this year or last year. Just because they were bad at the start of last year doesn't make it good this year to me. Like it's it. If anything, it just annoys it's me. Just, it pisses me off. I, I, I hate the fact that uh, right now that I've watched this team. And Jim Ralph was excellent too because, I mean, we haven't really talked about it in great lengths, but the moment he said it, it's one of the first things besides a poor start I see. And that is this gap between their own zone and the players up the ice. And how many times has it been 40 feet, 50 feet, where it's just the it's just not crisp? They're not coming up together. There's no team speed through the neutral zone. They're all blowing the zone, and it comes right back in their face. Mm, and yeah. to constantly sit here now and and play that the the same record two years in a row that soon as Mitch and Austin get it going, everything's gonna be fine. No, that's not how you win a championship. And that's not how you have success in the playoffs, hanging it on four guys. No, and it's the same team that, so right now they're hanging around, they're four and three. They're a little bit better than average with those guys doing nothing. Uh, They ramp it up to the players they are, which is among the 10 best in the NHL. And all of a sudden you're, uh, instead of four and three, you're five and two over the next seven. And you're a team that gains separation and starts to lead a division and, or at least, you know, be a top team in a division. 
And again, just like that article said from a year ago, all the fundamental issues get glossed over because that's how they're built. They're built that these four guys have to be awesome or the whole machine doesn't work. So would you like to see them waiver shop, trade, find a way to improve the bottom six? I'd start on the, the, the blue line first. Before you did yeah. Right. I I mean, there's there might be a checklist right now. Yeah. A wish list. I would start it on the blue line. Okay. So I'm going to go through my useful or useless stats. Sammy, I want your opinion too. Um, the first one was even strength goals scored, 2.15, 29th in the NHL, which we already talked about. Um, uh, I think that's pretty useful to know that they're that yes. bad. Uh, related to that, shot attempts with no pressure. These stats are according to Stout Lo- uh, shot Sport Logic. Shot attempts with no pressure, as in like open shots, 31st in the NHL. Wow. So what does that mean? They're, they're that, that means making that, the same. They, they're, 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 no, are, are they missing the net? Or are they missing? Uh... They can measure the distance a defender is from the person who's shooting the puck. And yeah. the Leafs create the least space. So their shots are under the most pressure. Every time they're shooting the puck, someone is on top of them. You, you know what? That really screams to me. And it's because it's a small sample size. I think this could maybe play into that. Guy's forcing it. Matthew's forcing it. Just Martyr trying to get it off it. even though someone's in your... Because you're... No, because you're snake bit. You want it to go in and you're kind of forcing it. Like, think about last night on the... How many numbers did that get drawn up by Matthews peppering them towards the... Towards it, the... I mean, boards last night first of all very useful 100 percent useful and i would go back and i see i think almost the opposite i'm i'm saying that you're you're late you're too late to yeah. move the puck and hesitating you're hesitating yeah. uh you're giving a chance to read the play you're giving people chances to cheat maybe on austin and we need to find a better faster way to move the puck so there is a bigger gap this relates to them looking slow is they're moving the puck slow and that's what jim ralph said i think it's all tied together and somewhat the uh, one last one on the offensive side of things rebounds recovered they're 29th in the nhl so they they recover uh, 6.8 rebounds per game called seven rebounds per game calgary is first in the league at 11 so they're bad at getting rebounds on the offensive side of things does that surprise you uh, no, no, because I I look at a lot of these guys and they're they're skating around people. They're not skating through people yeah. to go collect that rebound. You got to skate through people. You got to bump them. You got to run them over. You got to straight lines. These yeah. guys aren't straight lines. I've watched in seven games. They're they still like their figure eights and their. Uh, pinwheel extravaganza out of the corner. <laughs> Whirling dervish. Did you see uh, the Oilers goal that I think Tyson Berry got credit where Zach Hyman, there was a player in front and Hyman physically just went, my ice. Yeah. And moved the guy out of the way and then the puck hit him strong. run in. He's strong. That was great. So who's doing that on, on this Leaf roster that isn't uh, uh, Tavares or... Well, Bunting and Tavares are supposed to at least be in that area, right? Uh, we talked about one earlier in the show. Leafs recover, um, you know, pucks as well as anyone. Top five team, fourth best team at recovering dump-ins. We talked about that a little. Has that been done? Um, and they're fourth right now? Fourth in the NHL at recovering dumps. 
but they are below league average in dump-in rate, which I don't think would surprise you. Like, they dump it in not very often. Yeah. Doesn't surprise you all that much. Okay. Even strength, odd man rushes against. They're in the bottom third of the NHL. And uh, to go with that, shot attempts from the slot off rushes. 27th in the NHL. So they give up a lot of rushes and give up good looks on rushes. No surprises. That's just, I mean, that goes back to the cheating conversation. That, wow. The, and th- I think that was... You think it's getting any better without Muzzin there playing well? No. I thought the Mete one was inexperienced last night, right? He goes over to the boards and uh, leaves Amadio in the middle without giving it a little shoulder check. I don't know if he thought he had support because there was a line change, but... Pretty ugly. I, I like Mete generally, but I also think that's that Brody coming on the ice going. Vic, that's Vicky. my minus right there. I know huh? that's, <laughs> those guys coming out. That's going, dash. my dash one. I know. What do you think of Mete? I don't mind him in a sixth or seventh role. Yeah, in a pinch, and I have to be really sound, solid for me not to put him in a position to fail yeah like he can play and i I like his speed i like he can carry the puck he's i think he's an nhler he can skate it out yeah like i think 25 30 games he plays for you you're all right when you start really needing him you know to count on him to be like at times to help shut down when you need it yeah you got to protect him and put him in places of where he can be successful. Yeah, if he play, if he's on the Flyers and plays 82 games, I think that's okay, you know, or something like that. But I don't he's, think... He really is a pretty beautiful skater. He is. It's a lot of a guy that Dubas would Go, like. He's a great Going north, skater. awesome. Going south, not as enjoyable. Not as enjoyable. Got going back last night a couple times. Going back into his own zone on a puck, he's not my favorite guy on the team. Let's just say that. Okay, a couple surprising stats, I think. The Leafs are second... Um, in shots against off the cycle. So when other teams are in the D zone, they're the second best best team at preventing a shot from the slot so far. What? That one does not track to me. Here, here's what it is for me. I think it's a raw number of attempts from there, and the Leafs have way more possession than everyone they play, generally. So I just don't think they're in their D zone. I, I, I think it's it's a contributor to Samsonov's good start. That they're not giving up those shots. Yes. Yeah. That's 100%. Yeah, we said, like, he's making the saves he's supposed yeah. to make, not giving up I a mean, ton from there. He, he's been amazing so far, but uh, let's give some credit to, other than last night, I mean, he hasn't had to been standing on his head doing spins. True. All right. Last one. Uh, in terms of going from breakout to offensive zone possession time, First in the NHL, the Toronto Maple Leafs. The best team at taking a breakout and turning it into offensive zone possession. So I think what we're talking about... I don't care about that. No. That's useless to me. (laughs) Completely useless. It sounds like... It doesn't mean creating a chance. Go get the puck and go skate around in circles uh, all day long. You ain't getting to the middle of the ice. And that's it. They're not getting to the middle. A lot of the offensive stats... They're really down in a lot of the expected goals and stuff like that because they're not creating much. I like that. Yeah. Good segment. Fun to dig up some of those weird. Those are. Who. 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 I I don't know. Is that a human or computers or. God, you've got to be watching people. 
People way nerdier than you. That's for sure. <laughs> I'm someone with a way better attention span than me, boys. I'd be walking, watching TikToks three shifts in and be like, oh, crap, what I missed. Well, like that never happens during a bad game. So never. After we won the last five minutes. Yeah. Do you guys know, um, do you ever follow on Twitter uh, this Curtis from Alberta? He is. Oh, yeah. He is. Guy is a. You, Sammy, on steroids. He is the ultimate leaf Super fan. Number one. Number one. Is that the guy with the unreal uh, leaf? Like the best leaf man cave you've ever seen. seen And he's got he's got a beer uh, he's got a beer uh, vending machine in his basement. Guys just sculling beers constantly. (laughs) I love watching his stuff. Love his energy. Yeah. All of it. Uh, he goes and gets gloves. He gets someone's helmet. Yeah, yeah, like, oh, I'm going to get Bunting's helmet. I'm going to get uh, Morgan Riley's gloves. And he's watching the game. He's half-dressed in equipment. And then he crushes a, a beer back. And so I I pressed a like, like I do oh, a lot. Oh, I saw you're a criminal. You're oh, a criminal. Oh, you're supporting oh, the bad no, people. No, no, no. Cancel so, Kipper. So, so <laughs> he does another one yeah. where his kid who's an Edmonton Oiler fan, yeah. completely does a take off of what his dad does right. and nails it. Yeah. It's like, yes, sir! <laughs> and then he cracks open a pop and yeah. he chugs it. <laughs> right? Great. So I like that too. Yeah. But then, you know, when you would go through Twitter... I swipe up from the bottom. Yeah. You grabbed a heart. And I grabbed a heart <laughs> that rips his kid. <laughs> rips oh, his yeah. kid. By the way, what is wrong with people? Yeah, he was like calling him like a small, you'll never then... play. Like it was terrible. It was terrible it, tweet. Yeah, a horrible, horrible. Gutless. Like what's wrong with people? Truly gutless. Were you ripping a 10-year-old no, kid? Oh, I think you did but it on I purpose. But I liked it. <laughs> I liked the rip. I think Kiffer did it on purpose. <laughs> And then they start getting all these messages from people, and it's like, what are you liking somebody ripping on a 10-year-old? Yeah, I'm yeah. like, what? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, and then it just got so bad, and people are like, <laughs> you disgust me. <laughs> Shame on you, real kipper. Yeah. And then it's like, you've been exposed. <laughs> That's another one. You've been exposed. And here's my, fa- uh, my, the, my most favorite. Screenshots last forever. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, case of the old there, and pal. Now I'm like, what yeah. do I do with this? And I'm like, I'm like, I was, I was actually torn on whether you should have even bothered. I know, and I'm the same thing. The, com- the complaints. So I, I, I go to my wife. You know, um, what am I, honey? Know. I, I think I ripped on a ten year old kid. <laughs> And Play. she's like, what? I said, yeah, it was accidental, though. And Theo, I'm like, get up off the floor, stop playing with the dog, and go to school. <laughs> See? See what kind of person I am, really? Uh, by the way, if you had a, a camera in my house this morning, you'd have the yes. exact same tape. Exact. So I did put something out. Yeah. Uh, I didn't address the haters. Yeah. All I said was, for those of you who kindly <laughs> let me know about my um fat fingers yeah. um thank you for letting me know and never that's good. It. and curtis was amazing it's never good when you have to consult and the wife and go ah, I, I, did, think I messed up i did reach out to curtis yeah and i said buddy i love you 
I said, come on, The Real Kipper and Born Show. And he's like, nah, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he only said no because he's actually humble. He's a humble guy. All that's he great. wants to do is hang out in his basement, crack open a beer, and watch the Leafs win. Sounds not, like a great day. We're not so different, he and I. <laughs> uh, who is a, who's in more trouble? Uh, you for liking that tweet or uh, Bruce Boudreaux? Uh, if you want to go back to accountability, I can't get it out of my head that uh, Jimmy Rutherford said, I don't, I don't care who's out of the lineup. Uh, yeah. You have better structure. You, you have better results. How about yesterday, JT Miller comes out and he says, you know, I thought we had better pushback in that game. And then Boudreaux gets interviewed and said, yeah, we just didn't have any pushback in that game. It's not generally you don't want the exact opposite message of your coach. It's generally not a good sign in my experience. And uh, I don't know. It's, uh, it's only still like what? Seven, eight games. Like it's not get him to 600. Not, I just need him to get 600 what did they finish. When Bruce took over, they were Let's like 16 or 17 games over 500. And I know they missed the playoffs probably by all oh, by a hair. By what? What did I, they miss last uh, year? Maybe by? it was like three or four points, wasn't it? Yeah, not by much. Not by much. Not by much. They, they okay. made a big time they push. They got the Kraken on Thursday. Squids. The Squids. In Seattle? In Seattle. Followed by the Penguins at home, the mm. Devils at home, then the Ducks at home. Devils can't get a save. And it, oh, I gotta. Well, Vancouver can't get a save. Mm. Like, if Demko finds a way to just shut the door okay with a couple night. of uh, two-goal uh, two leads, I think it's a different vibe. But this is one of those where it's it's really snowballed quickly on this Vancouver. Is, well, Vancouver took a 12 on the first round, uh, you know, on a Thursday, where it's like, okay, well, I'm not winning the golf tournament now. Like, yeah. there's just no way back from 0-5-2. Oh, it's oh, like L's the Masters that one year when he, like, six Sunday, like, <laughs> yeah, no, you can... You, you can't salvage a Sergio bad So are they out of the... They, they're missing the playoffs now at that start? <laughs> yeah, they're done. done? Their season's over? Done. I, I don't well, it's done if you lose still three out of four moving forward here. Here. Well, you look at that division, though, Kip. The, the division's no joke now. Vegas is 5-2. and two, Calgary's 4-1. and one, Oilers are good. I'm not sure if you've heard of this, okay. of this kid that's from yeah, North Van, that that's from North Vancouver. Um, Connor Bedard. Heard of him? Should they just go the other direction? Trade them all. Trade everyone is good and just suck. Trade you've got all, you've got an all, excellent start on being the worst team in the league. Their fans would be all for it. A one forty three winning chance. percentage. Their fans wouldn't be for it, Kipper. I'm with Kipper there. Too good, but they got Hughes and Pedersen. Trade them. Just trade them. <laughs> Scorched earth. <laughs> Scorched earth. Only J T Miller and a bunch of cockroaches. That's it. Just J T Miller by himself. Hey, that's what Chicago eventually did, right? They still got Taves and Kane. I know, but they said Kirby Doc, Sia, Debrinket, Sia, Strom, Sia. Thank you, Rodestrom. Anyway. Where are they going? Chicago. Where's Vancouver going? Nowhere. To me, it's there in obvious tank situation. I know they got a lot of good players, but I know they're not Chicago. I know that. It's I'm not, not trying it's to compare. Just them. not. It's not the path they chose. You're going to bail on everything in seven games? No, but would you in 10, 11, 12? Yeah, what's Where, the number? Yeah. It's like 16 is fine or like, I don't know. We're getting close. Getting close. Yeah, I can't see it. Okay. I, can't, I can't see them uh, just throwing in the towel right now for Connor Bedard. No, I'm with you on that. Nope. I can't either. I, if I'm a Vancouver fan, I'm praying for Tank. Yeah, for sure. They've been stuck in the mushy middle of trying to compete forever. 
and they're this they're not competing they're not bad like you know I'd what be. happens when you pick, you know, second, third overall? You get guys like the Sedins who take you to the finals. Yes. Like top picks help. Build through the draft, baby. Yeah. Uh, the Sens have won four in a row. Patrick Laine is back in the lineup for Columbus. Tonight we got Rangers uh, Colorado and Penguins Flames. Any of that interest anyone? Yes. Yeah. Penguins Flames Great. is a sexy jersey battle. Incredibly. Uh, Penguins Flames. Have yeah. we seen steadily. new jerseys? Yeah. No, they, they haven't started yet. When but, does that start? I don't know. Good question. I should, maybe I should know that. But Penguins Reds. I'm sorry, not Penguins Reds. Flames Reds versus Penguins Whites yeah, is a classy nice. jersey matchup. Anyways. All right. Our thanks to Jimmy Ralph and Keith Jones. Good show today, guys. Great show, A lot team. of fun. Thanks, Derek, Jen, Sammy. We'll see you all tomorrow on The Real Kipper and Born Show. Have a great night, everybody.